Truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fellow fans, to United We Fan, the podcast. United with me is my co-host, the illuminating Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, everyone. We hope you all enjoyed last week's 4th of July episode, where we talked about the star-spangled man, the Captain America. Hopefully we entertained you all to the end of the line. I know we had fun fanboying over his comic and movie adventures. On this week's episode, we are uniting to discuss DreamWorks animated films. DreamWorks gave us such hits as Shrek, How to Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda, and many, many more. But first, thank you all for uniting with us here on CKCC Radio as we talk about all things fandom. CKCC Radio is our home, so please spread your support to the rest of the variety of shows they have on the channel to entertain you. They have podcasts ranging from wrestling talk shows, episode reviews of The Simpsons, Disney animated movie rankings, music ranking tracks, motivational moves, real paranormal talk, racing nerd podcasts, binge casts for binging shows, and many other podcasts. You can listen to all of us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and most podcast locations. Fan thank you time. Shout out to April S., Thank you for being a listener and enjoying our Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. That was our first episode, so we appreciate you going back and listening to that. She's excited for today's episode where we talk about DreamWorks animated films, especially when we get to the Shrek franchise, because she loved the Shrek ketchup. That was a green ketchup that came out in celebration of the Shrek films. We'll make sure to talk about that one. Did you say green ketchup? Green ketchup. Uh... I don't like ketchup anyway, but no thanks. What? This is breaking news. You don't like ketchup at all? No, sir. I eat like a five-year-old, remember? Oh, good Lord. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Heinz <laughs> came out with uh, different colored ketchups. They had a purple one. But yeah, the green one was a Shrek one. Took some getting used to, but yeah. Hmm. Mark and Brian's world news. Hamilton popped up on Disney+. Plus. Brian, were you in the room where... It all happens. Yeah, I was in the room where it happened. I uh, I I really enjoyed that show. I didn't avoid the soundtrack for a really long time, um, just because I wanted to experience the soundtrack the first time that I experienced the show. I hope to experience the show in person, but um, it is scheduled to come to Orlando still next March. Maybe I will catch it then. But I I did watch the show. I really 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 enjoyed it. I don't consider it the greatest gift ever given to mankind like some people do, but I really enjoyed the show. It was really good. Wow, you took a shot. I didn't take a shot. I said it's really, really good. Should I call you Aaron Burr? Oh. Oh. (laughs) No, no, no. I I didn't get a chance to see it in person. I took a trip last year to New York City, and I mean, obviously the show is still selling out. I think you're the first person to ever go to Broadway and not get to go. That's what I hear about that show. I know. Well, I, I tried every which way, hoping last minute tickets would be available. But I guess, you know, everyone had the same idea. I enjoyed the show a lot. I can see why 
People love the show. I think it's ground <laughs> groundbreaking. Apparently, it's a baking show. Uh, groundbreaking. But is it in my top five? No. But once Ooh. again, I, oh, I you're the Aaron Burr, not me. I know. I I think it's an amazing show. Lin Manuel Miranda, so very talented. The whole cast, very talented. But you know, it's not my top five. But once again, for all you Hamiltons out there, I'm still saying the show is great and it's amazing. Jonathan Groff as King George stole the show for me. He, <laughs> especially in those HD cameras, just him spitting on himself in anger. <laughs> like he just, I I really enjoyed his portrayal of King George. So the composer for the show who's there conducting uh, tweeted out, I laughed so hard. He goes, and to answer everyone's question, yes, I, I was spit on regularly. <laughs> and no, I wasn't upset about it. <laughs> I, I do wish Jonathan Groff could do um, ride safety spiels as is King George. I think that would be amazing. I watched Into the Unknown about the making of Frozen 2 on Disney Plus shortly after I watched Hamilton. And I Jonathan Groff is my new favorite, combining his portrayal of King George and then him being featured in that documentary. He's, yeah. uh, he's just a really, seems like a really fun guy. I think uh, I want to hang out with him one day. Brian, is he your new man crush? Uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is dropping down the list, and Jonathan Groff oh. is going up. So I maybe so. The guy can sing and dance. I understand. I get it. On Netflix, a Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams musical came out called Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga, which I'm not gonna lie. Reading that title reminds me of Game of Thrones. I I remember going into that one going. All right, not expecting a whole lot. The preview looked very out there. I ended up really enjoying it and actually really liked the soundtrack. It's a good album. It's on Spotify. If you have Spotify, check it out. I didn't know this movie existed until it was out on Netflix. Um, Will Ferrell has that tendency to, okay, is this finally the one where the wheels come off? And uh, the guy never ceases to amaze me. He makes me laugh every time he's on the screen. The Volcano Man sequence in that movie, the first song, is really, really funny. Rachel McAdams' character throughout that film is just so likable. I I don't know if I'm ashamed to admit it or what the right word is, but I, I'm surprised at how much I really enjoyed that film. And I found myself in a few Eurovision YouTube holes looking at cameos from that <laughs> film. It's a, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Like I said, the album for me was really good and interesting. I've Yaya I've, Ding Dong is an absolute banger. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have it highlighted on my Spotify. Definitely check it out. Will Ferrell. Did he play Will Ferrell? Yes, but he was still funny. Rachel McAdams. I'm always a fan of hers. I was sad that it wasn't her singing but you know i can't sing so who am i to judge her so and the the artist they did get to sing in her in her spot can really sing that that girl that girl can really really sing but if you're unfamiliar with this film just think blades of glory meets american idol and uh you've kind of got it so it's it's enjoyable though i liked it oh my god that's a really good <laughs> like way to describe the film i didn't even think about that so yeah 
Check out Hamilton on Disney Plus and check out Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga on Netflix. Now let's check out our local Facebook polls. I finally have an answer for everyone's favorite 80s film. Do you My though? Most... Oh, I... hang on, Brian. We're going to get to it. <laughs> um, I asked everyone. I had over 64 80s flicks and I asked everyone to vote to find out what their favorite 80s one was. And the final four came down to Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark with Indiana Jones, Back to the Future with Doc and Marty, and The Princess Bride with Wesley and Princess Buttercup. Boo! Boo! Now, this is where things get interesting, and hopefully Brian can contain himself, and you'll understand why shortly. Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark won the semifinals. Indy beat out Back to the Future and Empire very, by a big margin, beat out The Princess Bride. So I did something since they were pretty much close and a lot of people loved all four of them. I decided to have a four contender finals as opposed to just doing two. And I will admit I probably won't ever do that again. But why won't I ever do it again? Empire, like I said, beat out Princess Bride, and Indy beat out Back to the Future. And then we had the four-team finals where this is how they placed in order. Everyone decided Back to the Future, celebrating its 35th anniversary, was the number one. Princess Bride came in number two. Raiders of the Lost Ark came in at number three. And then the force wasn't strong with the Empire, and Empire Strikes Back came in fourth. So somehow... The teams that won the semifinals placed third and fourth. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Back to the Future and Princess Bride. I love those films, especially Back to the Future. And Raiders of the Lost Ark was my top pick and is my favorite film of all time. So I was very happy to see that it made it far. But, Brian, I know you had some thoughts on this and wish I didn't alter the deals. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Go ahead. Here's your soapbox. I I mean, I got a little more worked up about a Facebook poll than I probably should have, to be 100% honest. <laughs> and this is not to say anything bad about any of the four films. The only film I've seen as many times as The Empire Strikes Back probably is The Princess Bride. I love every single one of those films. But for Empire Strikes Back to make it all the way to the semifinals, relatively easily winning, and then to have such a poor showing and being outvoted by the one it manhandled in the round before, I just was very disappointed that my favorite film of all time in The Empire Strikes Back uh, took fourth out of four. I uh, I think had it gone up against Raiders of the Lost Ark, it would have won. And, nope. uh, nope. I, I think you just need to do one more round of just the two just to find out. Because <laughs> I, in my opinion, Raiders, or excuse me, Raiders of the Lost Ark, though a top five film, Empire Strikes Back is the greatest, not only film sequel, but the greatest film of all time. But we can talk about that another time, too. <laughs> but just yeah. the way the deal was altered, I was disappointed. I think that 35th anniversary... Uh, nostalgia definitely boosted Back to the Future, and there's nothing bad to say about Back to the Future. There's not. Yeah. So, I mean, in the grand scheme, I'm fine, but I was just disappointed. I hear you. It definitely caught me off guard. I feel like your reaction was Luke when Vader and Empire goes, I am your father. That's impossible! So I, I pictured that's what Brian was like. No! 
Uh, my next poll will be us finding out everyone's favorite Jim Carrey film, which just might happen to be our next episode. A little tease for you there. Alrighty then. But first, we got to talk about DreamWorks Animation. DreamWorks Film Studios was created by legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg, former Disney executive Jeffrey Katzenberg, and music executive David Giffen. Fun fact, that's what SKG stands for with DreamWorks. DreamWorks Animation has two Best Animated Oscars for Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and for the first Shrek film. The one for Shrek was the first ever winner of the Best Animated Oscar. Something I didn't know is that DreamWorks Animation's predecessor was Amblimation, which is pretty fun to say. They did such films as An American Tale, and the second one, American Tale, File Goes West, plus We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, and Balto. I'm a big fan of those flicks, plus especially the first two Fievel films. Yeah, I think this is where uh, DreamWorks even more than than Disney from a standpoint, and it was set from the very beginning, is they get a lot of star power to come in and voice a lot of their stuff. And even Five Goes West, they get Dom DeLuise and John Cleese and people like that to come in and voice those characters. And that is something that uh, DreamWorks still pulls in some of the top, uh, from a talent standpoint, to voice their characters. And that's something that they, they kind of bring to it that Disney doesn't always bring to it. Um, and that kind of separates them from Disney from that aspect. But Five O Goes West, I love that film so much, especially the character of Tiger. I think a little on Dave went down the wrong tube. Just woof, woof, bark, bark, bark. Cracks me <laughs> up. Yeah, I I definitely love Five O Goes West. The first Five O, uh, American Tale, I think people need to watch. It's a great animated immigrant story i think it's a great deep story but also fun it's not preachy in any way but it's definitely one of those deeper animated movies and then we're back dinosaur story me being a, a fan of dinosaurs and especially it came out like around the time of jurassic park and all that check it out it's a fun dinosaur story when they get turned into the menacing dinosaurs that's a scary that's i mean even in animation that's a, that's a frightening scene for six-year-old brian Oh, my God, yeah. So, like, because you have the dark lighting, the scary circus, you know, dinosaurs kind of being how they were, mean and vicious, like, gets really dark. Uh, And then, Balto, we love you. You're a good boy. Don't think we don't appreciate you. Speaking of DreamWorks Animation, I feel like, Brian, we can't move on since we don't have a Mount Rushmore from you for this week. Let's talk about your DreamWorks Animation Mount Rushmore. What you got? This was actually easier than I thought it was going to be after looking at such a long list of of films that they have. Um, I will say I fall into the camp of if you have to believe one over the other that DreamWorks is is quantity over quality sometimes. Um, That's not to say anything bad about DreamWorks, but just the amount of films that they put out versus the amount of films that hit with me personally um, isn't quite as high as something like Pixar, for example. But... But yeah, my four favorite films from DreamWorks are Shrek, Trolls, Megamind, and Monsters vs. Aliens. Those are my four favorite films that come out of the DreamWorks studios. So this was actually kind of challenging for me. I know Rise of the Guardians is my favorite. Um, If you haven't checked out that holiday tale, please go watch it. Underrated, didn't do that well, but it's such a good film. The first Kung Fu Panda, I love it. I never get tired of it. Same with the first How to Train Your Dragon. I know I feel like I'm being really boring, but 
It's Rise of the Guardians, Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon, and the first Shrek. I will say Monsters vs. Aliens and Trolls, they were really close to making my list. Shrek 2 I thought about, but that was just outside the top five for me. I do have to give a shout-out to a DreamWorks animated TV series. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's called Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia. Beautiful animation. It is a series. It has several seasons. It was created by Guillermo del Toro, who did the first two Hellboy films, as well as Pan's Labyrinth. Voice talents feature the late Anton Yelchin, as well as Kelsey Grammer, and even SpongeBob himself, Tom Kenny. He's in the show as well. So check it out, Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia. Mark, when we talk about DreamWorks films, my kids have started recently listening to our show, and I think I want to mention Boss Baby. My kids <laughs> really like Boss Baby, and it should be mentioned in one of the top uh, DreamWorks films that are mentioned in our house for sure, including the show as well on Netflix. It, it yeah. It's not my thing, but my kids need need that to be mentioned. Being a proud uncle... I will I'll say Boss Baby, I watched it with them. I'm glad I watched it with them because I think had I watched it solo, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. But since I watched it with my nieces and nephew, they love Boss Baby. And they also watched the TV series. So I, I thought it was going to be an annoying one. But, you know, Alec Baldwin as a baby, it, it worked. It's entertaining. Cookies are for closers. But I got a heart back. You said... Pixar movies hit more with you. And I got to say this. I'll go as far as say DreamWorks animation is too easily dismissed when it comes to animated movies and animation studios. Everyone goes the best are Disney, Pixar, and Studio Ghibli. I, I think DreamWorks is hugely underrated. Now, all of you Disney, Pixar, Studio Ghibli people out there, please don't run away and get all angry and shout out to us how I'm speaking blasphemy. I'm not saying DreamWorks is better than those. What I'm saying is DreamWorks work should be celebrated and respected just as much as those other ones. That's all I'm saying. Pitchforks. I know. Pitchforks and flames. There's no, I, I, I completely <laughs> understand. The way that they build franchises in DreamWorks is as much as, as anybody else does. Um, and they they find things that work. There's a reason kids like DreamWorks films as much as anything else. No, I, I you're right. It should be respected as much as, as any other animation studio out there. In one year, it seemed ants were a popular character. You had DreamWorks animation with ants, but also Pixar did Bugs Life. Now, Brian, I'm I'm going to guess which one you like more, but... You know, let's talk about the movie Ants. Yeah, I, uh, I, my opinion of Ants is very similar to Michael Scott's opinion of Ants when he talks about how it's the only Woody, Woody Allen film he's ever seen. And uh, just, <laughs> I honestly, I think Bugs Life is much better. But, um, but anyway, if you don't get the Michael Scott quote, then I, then I, I understand. But Ants, it just, again, Bugs Life swallowed it up. I, I think Ants is a really strong foundation for DreamWorks animation. It kind of started their taste of being a more mature animated movie. The storyline comes off like something out of Shakespeare where the worker ants want to rise up. You know, the ruling party, you have a mutiny. 
I will admit, I still enjoy it. I do like Bugs Life more, but I I like Ants. It has an all-star cast, like you mentioned. DreamWorks knows how to bring all-star talent voices there. Woody Allen, you know, <laughs> either love him or hate him. I, I thought he was pretty good in this film. But this isn't the only insect bug type movie that DreamWorks did. They also had B-Movie with Jerry Seinfeld. And then you had the racing snail movie Turbo with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, any of those make your top ten? I wish I liked Turbo more. I I feel like how much I like Ryan Reynolds, I should like every single one of his films. Um, But I mean, with Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Bill Hader... Uh, Snoop Dogg, by the way, makes a cameo appearance in Turbo. Um, but Turbo, it just, I, I don't know. And I don't understand the the internet fame that B-Movie has. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And I like Jerry Seinfeld. I just don't get the hype around B-Movie. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Turbo, if you put it on, will I watch it? Yes. Will I be entertained? Yes. If someone goes, how's Turbo? I'll probably say, it's a cute flick. You know, Ryan Reynolds definitely makes it better than what it is. B-movie, when I first watched it, I enjoyed it. But then I watched it again, and as I think back on it, I go, I don't think it aged that well. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It's just nothing special to me. You know, Jerry Seinfeld is entertaining. You got Renee Zellweger, Matthew Broadwick, who I love. But overall, when I think about B-movie, I'm like, eh. I guess it's time for us to talk about the ogre we all love, Shrek. You know, he did win DreamWorks, their first Oscar. And like I said earlier, he won the first Best Animated Oscar, rightfully so. With Shrek, we got four adventures as well as a spinoff with Puss in Boots. Heck, we even got a Shrek musical, which I love and is on Netflix if you get a chance to watch it. Shrek 1 and 2, I think, are great films. The third one fell off, and they just kind of lost their way. There was a changeover with the filmmakers behind it. They lost some, you can tell. And then the fourth one, they tried to rebound. And I'll actually defend the fourth Shrek one. Go back, watch it. It it has some really good parts. I think it ended the Shrek quadrilogy on a, a higher note than, say, if they would have ended on the third one. But Shrek 1, I go back. I watch, I still laugh so much. Brian, tell me, you have some love for the Shrek. Oh, and there's no re- there's no doubt. Shrek is, if Mount Rushmore had to be ranked one through four, Shrek is number one. Um, that movie is hilarious. I watched it recently with my kids. It's been a couple of months now, but um, my wife just, we were a little bit in shock. Don't remember the amount of adult humor um, in that movie. It just kind of goes right over you as a kid. And yep. and we would laugh at some stuff and our kid would look at us and say, what are you laughing at? And we would just yep. say, don't worry about it. So, uh, but this was at the height of Mike Myers too. I mean, it was, I mean, all in between all the Austin Powers movies, just the amount of references and the funny lines that Shrek has. Donkey is my favorite character in any DreamWorks movie. I love Donkey so much when he talks about making waffles and all that kind of stuff. I love the dragon that he fall, that falls in love with him far before. I just, everything about Shrek makes me laugh, and it always will, including that Smash Mouth soundtrack. Come fight me. <laughs> That's just it. I, Mike Myers, like I said, at his height, Eddie Murphy, I feel like he learned a lot from Mulan, and then he just took it up a whole another level with Shrek. 
But I have to give a John, like John Lithgow, like huge shout out to John Lithgow as Laura Farquaad. <laughs> Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Perfect. Cameron Diaz, yes, you were great as Princess Fiona, but John Lithgow is the villain. You brought up the album. I, I love the album from the first one. It has some really good songs other than just the Smash Mouth song. All stars on there. Plus, they did their cover of the Monkey song. The musical. I mean, things came from the Shrek movie. It has a ride. It even has a meet and greet with Donkey. But, Brian, I have to ask you, Chris Farley was originally cast as Shrek and even did some lines and it's out there on the internet, so check it out. You can see what his interpretation was. I if you're like- if you're telling me I could have had Chris Farley instead of Mike Myers, sign me up right now. Uh, I Chris Farley's, I that guy, everything he does lands with me. I love Chris Farley. I wish that he would have been able to record more of Shrek before he passed away. Uh, but I, if we had Chris Farley forever, that would have been fine with me. And. I love Chris Farley. I do. I love him. Miss him. But watching his interpretation of Shrek, I, I'm going to be on the other side. I, I'm glad Mike Myers took over the role. I don't like the reasons. You know, obviously, I'm not saying anything about that. But I do love Mike Myers. I prefer Mike Myers' interpretation of the Shrek character. But check it out. It's online. You can decide for yourself. Shrek 2, I think everyone forgets how huge of a hit Shrek 2 was. And the cast got bigger. John Cleese (laughs) as Fiona's dad. Um, Julie Andrews as her mom. You just had an all-star cast. And I think the jokes are still just as funny. Antonio Antonio Banderas joined the cast as Puss in Boots as well, which then sparked its own spinoff. This all just came out of this one but Antonio Banderas was really good as that particular character I didn't care for his spinoff movie so much but his character in Shrek 2 is really funny yeah I I will admit I didn't get to watch Puss in Boots until like two months ago I don't know how so much time had gone by before I'd seen it I had high expectations it was nominated for best animated feature so I was like okay you know this should be good I wasn't blown away by it I you know they definitely made a solid film. I think it is. It has its own Netflix cartoon as well. So it does, they've, yeah. they've gotten a lot out of, uh, out of this one Shrek franchise for sure. Yeah. When you deep dive into it, you just realize how much has been spun off from it. Shrek the third, you know, you got Justin Timberlake as a young King Arthur. The story just felt very forced and like I said, it didn't have the same minds behind it. Nothing great there. Maybe I'll go back, rewatch it, see after some time if it's gotten better. But as of now, no. The fourth Shrek, there was supposed to be a fifth one, but they decided, no, we're just going to end it after the fourth one. I liked it. It's got a recycled storyline of what if you could go back and change who you were for Shrek to realize and appreciate what he has. You know, you have little Shrek babies. And then, but to use Rumpelstiltskin to kind of move that story along was another tie-in back to kind of what the franchise was about of a different look at at fairy tales and stuff like that. And they had kind of gotten away from that in the third one, at least for kind of the the central focus. But to use Rumpelstiltskin to 
put Shrek back in time into, I, like I said, I think they kind of righted the ship with the fourth one, at least more than they did with, it's not as good as the first two, but it's better than the third one. Yeah, and I even liked Warrior, Fiona, and the um, Ogre Village. I liked all that. Moving on, DreamWorks decided to go a little sci-fi. They had Monsters vs. Aliens and Megamind. Plus, a little bit down the road, they had the alien flick Home, which I know my friend Frankie loves Home. It didn't really hit that hard for me. I definitely prefer Monsters vs. Aliens. And Brian, I know Megamind made your Mount Rushmore. Oh, wait, did both of them make your Mount Rushmore? They, they were both on my top four, yeah. Wow. All right, so Brian, then you take this one. Which one do you want to talk about more? We talked earlier about Will Ferrell. Um just his character in Megamind uh, going up against Metro Man. Uh, that scene when when Metro Man is giving his speech at his uh, statue ceremony and the guy screams, I love you, Metro Man, and I love you too, random citizen. We, uh, we say that line a lot in my house. Just the entire film and just the, the animation in that film is really, really good. If you pay attention to the character's color of their eyes, you can tell when Megamind is dressed up as Ben Stiller's character or as J.K. Simmons' character or or whatever. If you really pay attention to those colors of eyes, you can get it. Uh, David Cross as Minion. Um, I love Minion's character. He he is always... David Cross is so funny. Tobias Fumke from, from Arrested Development, if you don't know who David Cross is. Um, and then, but you get Brad Pitt in there. Jonah Hill's character of Titan. Just such a, such a good good guy, bad guy combination. Tina Fey, I'm not a huge Tina Fey fan, but her character as Roxanne in this movie um, is really good. And if you pay attention, actually, throughout the movie, the attention to detail, she dresses in red, which is the opposite of Megamind's blue. And then in the middle of the movie, she's wearing more purple when she's getting used to being around Megamind. And then in the end of the movie, she's wearing full out blue, which is really cool. Uh, just kind of a cool attention to detail. But when she slams on the brakes and Megamind flies forward and hits the windshield. No. I it's just pinnacle Will Ferrell the way he pronounces school is shul um, just everything I make a mind I can talk about that movie for hours I know I didn't like it as much at first I thought it was entertaining and then over time it definitely grew on me I do love Brad Pitt as Metro Man Tina Fey I actually enjoyed her as Roxanne I will say this I'm glad make mind didn't come out around the time of the Incredibles, because I think a lot of people would have made some similarities, and I was happy that it could stand on its own. Yeah, the problem Megamind had is it came out really close to Despicable Me, and even have had little one-eyed robot helpers and oh, yeah. and the name Minion. Like again, that those were kind of being made at the same time, and Despicable Me beat Megamind to the punch a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it's such a good film. Monsters vs. Aliens, though, me being a fan of, like, the 50s-era sci-fi, I loved this. And fun fact, they wanted this to be the start of a new DreamWorks animation franchise. But the film didn't hit as hard as they thought, and Kung Fu Panda did, so they ended up pushing Kung Fu Panda more. So, which kind of makes me sad. I wish we could have seen what a Monsters vs. Aliens trilogy could have been. Yeah, Seth Rogen is the character of Bob. If you just give me any blue blob walking around and give me Seth Rogen's laugh, <laughs> <laughs> then I, I mean, it'll <laughs> suck me in every time. So 
uh, just his character of Bob was was really funny. The general, when he tells Ginormica, don't cry, little darling, you're making my knees hurt. Like, there's just so many one-liners in that film, more than any other DreamWorks film that I can remember. It's just really funny. And then, I mean, of course, you have Stephen Colbert as the president. And then mm-hmm. when he's, the little shout-out to Close Encounters, where he's trying to communicate with the aliens, and he ends up playing the Beverly Hills Cop theme. <laughs> I, I laughed at that. Hugh Laurie as Dr. Cockroach, PhD, was just obviously brilliant casting. Hugh Laurie as a doctor. Who would have thought to cast him as that? Um, and then little embarrassing yeah. fun Reese, fact. Reese Witherspoon did a good job in that film, too. That's I, I, a fun film. little embarrassing fun fact about me. Whenever I have Jello or anything that kind of jiggles, I definitely do the Seth Rogen Bob laugh with it. <laughs> when, when he sucks up, I think it's her mom. And she comes out and her mom's like, I taste ham. It, it just, it, oh, it's so funny. I I loved it. It's a brilliant idea. You know, monsters versus aliens. Of course, we had at one point cowboys versus aliens. So everybody at the time was just like, Let, who can we put against aliens? Let's do monsters. And just a fun, great idea. I will pick the cartoon over cowboys versus aliens. I think every time. I'm pretty sure. I went back. There's an extended edition. If we're going to talk about Cowboys versus Aliens, there's an extended edition, which I kind of enjoyed definitely a lot more. Hmm. So maybe go back, rewatch that one, see if it's grown on you a little bit more. Well, everybody was kung fu fighting. They were fast as lightning. We're talking about Kung Fu Panda. The Panda got his own trilogy, and I can understand why. The first one made my uh, Mount Rushmore list. The second one, I think, is so underrated. I, 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 granted, it did go a little dark. The third one is cute, you know. Poe trying to find his inner peace and meeting his panda family. But that first one, I love it. And I think it holds up very well. I probably sucked more today than anyone in the history of Kung Fu. In the history of China. In the history of sucking, probably. Brian, tell me you uh, skadooshed with the Kung Fu Panda. It's amazing how much they made a bear act just like Jack Black. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's that's kind of my favorite part in there. But I mean, this again, DreamWorks does it again. You get Angel- Angelina Jolie, Dustin Hoffman, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, Lucy Liu, David Cross is in this one too. Just so many good actors that were portraying different characters in this movie. And each character has has something that you love about them. They built a really good universe within this within this film. And just they tell they tell a similar story of a zero to hero kind of deal but the way they do it with such a big round lovable jack black panda bear is is really really fun um again the first one of the three is to me far and away the better of the two i'm with you the second one's a little bit dark i think it tried to age with the age group that watched it the first time and it didn't really work for me as much but no the kung fu panda one is really really good and the second one's really good too the third one i like the panda family baby baby po panda um is really really cute uh but there's uh less in that film to like as much as there is in the other two and then of course jackie chan as monkey that was perfect i will say seth rogan playing mantis is slightly different from normal seth rogan he plays a, a wiser character, so I, I'm glad he got to change a little bit. Ian McShane as Tai Long, the villain, 
perfect casting. And go back and watch it because the animation for this film is beautiful. Like the lighting for it and everything. And it still breaks my heart whenever Jack Black, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes. And he gets to meet his heroes. And they kind of, you know, give him the shaft. They don't really respect him, tell him he doesn't belong. And, you know, when he's like, still your biggest fan and kind of walks away, it's just so heartbreaking still. Me being the the music guy, I have to give a shout out for the music for this one because it's from John Powell and Hans Zimmer. And you know what? Speaking of music, just all the DreamWorks films, I love a lot of their soundtracks. Get a chance if you're a movie score fan, check, just do a DreamWorks score marathon. You'll be surprised how great those soundtracks are. And with that, we're going to be leaving behind the Furious Five and we're going to meet a new group called Rise of the Guardians. In this film, you have Jack Frost, who just wants to be part of the holiday elite, but just isn't good enough. And we have Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny, Alec Baldwin as a Russian-type Santa Claus, and then Isla Fisher as the Tooth Fairy. Of course, you have the Sandman, who deals with the dream world. They must all unite together to team up against Jude Law's character, Pitch, who's actually probably one of the best animated villains. I'll go that far. Another all-star voice talent of Chris Pine as Jack Frost, Alec Baldwin as Santa. I love this movie. It's a holiday favorite of mine to watch every time. When it didn't do well, it broke my heart right away. Just with how great the story was, the animation, how you could make a franchise out of this. I know it's based on a book series. No point in fingers, Mark, but I am part of the reason why it hadn't done so well. I have never seen this movie. Oh, Ryan. I mean, Christmas is coming, so we'll uh, maybe we'll pull it out at that point in time. Check it out then. It doesn't even have to be a Christmas movie, but it fits in really well with it. It was nominated for Best Animated Feature for a Golden Globe. Sadly, the Oscars, who have missed out on movies before, <laughs> missed out on this one as well. Looking at you, Adventures of Tintin. Oh. <laughs> Still heartbroken. <laughs> trying to think of a way to tell you, to sell you on the story, but Jude Law's pitch is a dark character who just wants to bring nightmares and take away the joy from children so that they stop believing. Oh, good. In... I'm sold. No. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you have Jack Frost who for a children's story, he has a very dark backstory about how he became Jack Frost and how he just wants to be seen just like the Easter bunny and Santa Claus. I love it. It's a great story. Criminally underrated is what I'll go with. Again, I apologize. I've never seen it, but I, you have my word. I will see it before 2020 is over. All right, fans, stay tuned. We'll get back to you to find out Brian's verdict on it. Well, moving on from Rise of the Guardians, we're going to head over to the Land of Dragons. We're going to find out how to train them with How to Train Your Dragon. They got their trilogy. And rightfully so. The first one is very strong. The second one, I will admit, I had to go back and rewatch it to remember what the third one was even about. 
The third one, I think, was a solid ending, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Now there's just this whole trilogy. I, I guess it's a broken record, but the animation is beautiful with this whole trilogy. How to Train Your Dragon, though, we have Hiccup, who's an outsider, but the son of the head of the Vikings, played by Gerard Butler. And he just wants to be different. He doesn't want to kill dragons. And then he meets a new kind of dragon called Toothless. And then the story just takes off from there. Yeah, I, I think this franchise is second only to Toy Story with growing up with its audience. Um, they spread out these movies really well. The characters age just the right amount. They do a really good job. Um, but Mark, we have reached the pinnacle of the entire reason why I wanted to do United We Fan in the first place. When Hiccup calls Toothless Bud, when he says Bud, I cringe every single time. I do not enjoy how he says that word, how often he says and calls him Bud. I will get off of my soapbox now. We can retire the podcast. <laughs> I have said my piece. I don't know what it is. It is just the weirdest nails on a chalkboard reaction I have to that. And that it's stupid to say, but that is the biggest reason why I don't rewatch these films as much as I probably should with how much I like the rest of them. Um, Toothless, I, I, I wish they had done something. I think it's not as creative. And then I think about why they did it and how and then kind of the life of its own that it's taken. And I think it's even more creative than I than I ever gave it credit for. Um, but just like you said, the animation, the water effects, just the entire village of Burke. It's really, really gorgeous animation. And again, I think the way the characters age, you actually have lasting consequences that you don't often get in animation franchises just a lot of really good stuff that Dragons does. And again, its own Netflix show. It's got its following, and it always will. It was even nominated for Best Animated Feature Film, rightfully so. And it also got a Best Original Score for John Powell. So bravo to them. But something I didn't know when we were researching this, the first one is on IMDb's Top 250 Films. It's number 197. But I honestly believe this is one of the stronger animated trilogies out there just from start to finish there really isn't a weak link like with shrek obviously you have the third one and the fourth one's okay kung fu panda you know they kind of go down from the first one this one i think stays pretty solid the whole way through they do a good job at creating a new story to tell without retreading any water i'm with i'm with you i think of, of all the dreamworks franchises this is the strongest one without anything and i really like the first trolls movie the second trolls movie no thank you um mark i don't think you've seen the second trolls movie um after it skipped theaters um yeah. but i i i will say you may enjoy it more than me but i think everybody might enjoy that movie more than i do so from a franchise world building standpoint i think dragons does the best job <laughs> i think that's a good transition to hear what uh more Brian has to say. We have the Trolls movie. I love the first one. I love their animation style. I love the album. I love the covers of the song. Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick are perfect as the leads for that film. Like I said, the first one just missed my Mount Rushmore. It still breaks my heart. The second one, no. I didn't get to see. I was really excited to see it in theaters, but sadly, during these times, it didn't go. I'm not mad at them for going to video on demand. I'm not like AMC who's going to get real upset about it, but I, I will find a way to watch the second one, even though your warnings don't have me uh, as excited. 
the soundtrack is great. The soundtrack is really good. I just think okay. the story, the story that they were that they were doing, it's very, 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 very. Is that enough? Very disjointed. Um, I, I just, again, it's just not a movie that I, that I enjoyed. But that's that's gonna happen, especially when you're taking risks. Uh, Anna Kendrick is perfect as Princess Poppy. Um, just the yeah. the they take those kids toys and they put a whole new spin on them and just baby princess poppy when she's hiding in her dad's hair um <laughs> just all that kind of stuff again cloud guy um it, it cracks me up there's a lot of adult humor in those films as well not near as much as shrek but um yeah. there's just some there's just the soundtrack is amazing anna kendrick can sing i love anna kendrick so much uh, anything she's in i will go see it but i just her voice is really good. The first, the first trolls film is really, really good. The animation took a really while, a really long time to to land with me. It's still not my favorite kind of animation. I don't want to see every film made in that style, um, but for this world, it it works. Um, yeah. And McLovin is as King Gristle is really is really funny as well. And Zoe Deschanel uh, does a really good job in that in that role too. So the first trolls film I really really like. I, I love the animation, how it looks like fabric-type material. You just notice little details like that. I'm so glad you brought up the cloud guy. I laughed so hard at his character in the first one. All right, dumpy diapers. Up high. Nope. I don't do high fives. Slap it, boss. Not gonna happen. Party on the top floor. Nope. Little slappy? Make daddy happy? That's weird. But going back to the album for the film... I'm glad Can't Stop the Feeling was nominated for an Oscar. I think Get Back Up Again, the Anna Kedrick song from the first one, is hugely underrated. Their cover of True Colors as well is really, oh. especially the especially the film version, not the album version. Yeah. The version they sing in the film with just the visuals of that, it's a really, really well done song. I mean, the song itself, the Cyndi Lauper song, is beautiful, but just Justin Timberlake's voice... I, I'm going to try not to go on a man crush, but um, he just nails that beautiful song, True Colors. Well, I guess I will promise you listeners, I will find a way to watch Trolls 2 and let you know. Well, folks, we haven't forgotten about the rest of the DreamWorks animated films. We just didn't have as much to say, so we're going to do a section that we're just starting called Rapid Fire Time. <laughs> where Brian and I will bring up the titles and then just honestly do some quick notes on it. All right, so we're going to start with hand-drawn DreamWorks animation. We got The Prince of Egypt. I think it's a beautifully animated film, great storytelling. Awesome soundtrack. Yeah, and rightfully so. They're making a Broadway show because the soundtrack is so amazing. They also had Joseph King of Dreams come from that type world. You had The Road to El Dorado, which I think is a hilarious film, Treasure Hunters. And then, I mean, of course, with that one, you had Kenneth Branagh and Kevin Klein as the voices of them. So where could you go wrong with that? And then you also have Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, which, honestly, my favorite part about the film is the Brian Adams album to it. Check it out if you're a Brian Adams fan especially. You also have Matt Damon as a voice in the film. Matt Damon! You have Sinbad, The Legend of the Seven Seas, another Brad Pitt film. I enjoyed it. I There's one joke I remember from the film where they're about to go off of a waterfall. And one of the sailors goes, see, told you the world was flat. Pay up. 
I that joke hits me every time. Brian, any of those you got thoughts on? I actually the Road to El Dorado and the Prince of Egypt are the only of that group that I've even seen. So, um, but like I said, the soundtrack are really really good. The Road to El Dorado, I remember loving that film as a kid, but it's been a long time. Check out Sinbad. I think you'll enjoy that one. I think it's even on Netflix. So then we had some stop motion animation come from the world of DreamWorks. We had Chicken Run, which I liked a lot. Still holds up. Has Mel Gibson in it as the voice of the main chicken. And then you also had the Oscar winning for Best Animated Feature for Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Brian, I know stop motion is not a huge animation favorite of yours, but did you catch any of them? Uh, Chicken Run is often quoted in my house. I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy. <laughs> that's that's a normal one for my wife. Uh, I Again, stop motion, not my thing. Uh, if it's not Gumby, um, I, I usually <laughs> leave it at the door. Um, but I remember liking Chicken Run. Wallace and Gromit, I haven't uh, seen in a really, really long time. And then after that, we go to the Madagascar trilogy, which had their own spinoff, the Penguins of Madagascar. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. This, honestly, out of all of the trilogies, I think is is one of the weakest and actually one of the least favorites for me. Gosh, when the one time the Chris Rock zebra had Afro Circus and that preview came on, I, I rolled it so hard. I do enjoy the penguins from Madagascar. Their film was cute, nothing remarkable. But as a whole, I think the whole Madagascar saga is meh. The potential of the four penguins, um, it really saddens me that the potential is just that. Um, I'm with you. Those characters are about the one and only good spot. You got Ross Geller, the zebra or the giraffe. But I just... I'm with you. There's a lot to be desired in the Madagascar films. And I love Ben Stiller. I love Chris Rock. I mean, I love them all separately, but it just didn't work. And then after that, we got Over the Hedge, which I'm not going to lie. I had to look up to remember what that one was even about. I think that was a not a it's definitely one of the bottom DreamWorks one. You that, have and the, Bruce that and the nut job, too. I mean, they're just kind of the same film. Bruce Willis, Gary Chandling and Steve Carell are in it. So you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a winner. No. And then if we're going to talk about the bottom, I, I got to talk about Flushed Away. I didn't think Hugh Jackman could do anything wrong, but this is one of his bottom ones. It could be Flushed Away for me. Flushed Away is not one that I'm familiar with. I don't even love Ratatouille. Uh, don't come oh. at me. But, Whoa. Uh, what? but we'll, we'll talk about when we get to Pixar, we'll talk about Ratatouille. I just I don't get it. Flushed Away is even even far, far worse than that for me. So but I, I I'd forgotten that film even existed. We're going to bookmark that Ratatouille comment. And then we have the all star cast of Shark Tale led by Will Smith. I guess I get what they were going for with that one. But in the end, I, I it was nothing remarkable for me, honestly. Tried to capitalize on Finding Nemo there. It did not work. I didn't want to say that, but yeah, I, I, I think DreamWorks was hoping to catch some of the waves from Finding Nemo. That's what I'm here for, Mark. Ratatouille slander and saying the things you won't say. Oh, uh, and uh, going after Hiccup the way he refers to Toothless as Bud. But yeah, Shark Tale, you had Will Smith, Robert De Niro, Renee Zellweger, Martin Scorsese. Jack Black is in it as a very flamboyant shark who doesn't want to do the mob, wants to be a 
cowboy clown type character. Yeah, it the film was just all over the place. Then you have The Croods with Nicolas Cage and actually another Ryan Reynolds film. And then you have one of my crushes, Emma Stone. I think this one still holds up. I like the story of it. I wish it was a Disney animated movie because I think when I'm watching Spaceship Earth, I always think of the Croods when you go through <laughs> the uh, caveman scene. Yeah, you got Nicolas Cage not being over the top Nicolas Cage. You got Ryan Reynolds playing a character that you could just tell was written for Ryan Reynolds. And then Emma Stone is the lead character. I know the style of the characters looking like the cavemen throws people off a little bit, but go back, watch this one. I think it still holds up really well. It was nominated for Best Animated Oscar, so give it a shot. Now we're going to go visit Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Being a fan of the Fractured Fairy Tales, which had like Rocky and Bullwinkle, I was excited for this, but after seeing the film, I was really disappointed. I like Ty Burrell as Mr. Peabody. I think he's hilarious on Modern Family, but overall, if you asked me to tell you about the film, I, I couldn't really tell you anything memorable. I think it. I think it's a series on Netflix, and I think that's how it should be. The movie itself didn't do well, hence why there weren't any sequels. Yeah, this this so much potential with this film, and it just it it was not good for me either. And then our last film on the rapid fire section is Captain Underpants, the first epic movie, movie, movie. This one I didn't see until someone put it on in the work break room. That was my introduction to it. Probably not the best introduction to a movie, but it had parts in it that I was like, all right, I got to see this whole film to see it through. I gave it a chance, saw it the whole way through, and I can say I saw it. <laughs> I know several in the break room will, def like, several of my coworkers defend this movie with, you know, Kevin Hart and Ed Helms. But for me, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I loved the books as a kid, and I always will love the books. Ed Helms as Captain Underpants was a, was a good casting. This was the height of, I think we still may be in the height of Kevin Hart doing anything and everything that he wants yeah. to do. Uh, but I... Uh, Dave Pilkey had once unseated Dr. Seuss as my favorite author. Uh, I, I loved the Captain Underpants books as a kid, but I just think I really enjoyed grabbing the bottom of the page and flipping it back and forth until it ripped. Um, but I, I, I wish there was more from the Captain Underpants films, but it's not made for me. It's made for my son who, who loves, who loves that film. Confession time. I have not read any of the Captain Underpants books. Um, my nieces and nephew have never brought it up, so I haven't, seen that world maybe i'll just flip through them and see what i'm missing out on i do know the animated netflix series there's even an anna animated interactive movie are pretty big on there so if you have netflix check them out pretty big just those few years older you are than me mark is the only reason why i think you missed the captain underpants books is it wasn't made it was made for perfect 10 year old me and that's just where it that's just where it fell and then it was it was a flash in a pan it was gone you hear that, everyone? Brian just called me old. I I feel like the old lady from Titanic now. It's <laughs> been 84 years. <laughs> and I think we're ready to... Con oh, wait. Oh, I almost forgot April's request. April, I'm so sorry out there. Brian, I know you're not a big fan of ketchup and all that, but yes, there was a green Shrek ketchup out there. 
Obviously, it's no longer available. Look up pictures of it. See if it was something that you would put on a hot dog or a hamburger. I'm sure a lot of people will say, no, it kind of looks like snot. But, you know, it tasted just like ketchup, only it was green. I had no problems with it. It was fun. That concludes our DreamWorks animation episode of United We Fan the Podcast. Thank you all for uniting with us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed uniting on it. I mentioned it earlier, but next week we're going to discuss the films of Jim Carrey. He's given us such hits as Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, The Truman Show, Liar Liar, and so many other good ones. So tune in because that episode is going to be smoking. I know, not the best Jim Carrey, but hey, whatever, just tune in. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know with a rate or review. For those listeners with any comments or questions, like April did, drop us a line so we can reply. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at United We Fan Podcast, or you can shoot us an email at unitedwefanpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. Brian and I work really hard to make those episode posters and pictures for the episodes. Brian, I know, works all night long and all day just to get it right. So let's give him some credit for his hard work. Thank you, CKCC Radio. Check us out and the many podcasts of CKCC Radio on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbeam, and most podcast locations. Till we unite again, fans. And remember, ogres are like onions. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. You get it? Who doesn't like a good parfait?